Hello, everybody, and welcome to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn Siepert. This is episode number five. Episode number five, I'm calling it All of Those Voices. All of Those Voices. So this is a uh, solo podcast today. Um, It's an audio version of the post, the blog post that I put up this week. And you can head over to whatifproject.net, and you can check it out there if you'd like to read it. Um, here is kind of just where I talk through it a little bit, uh, more conversational style, I guess you can say, and um, just really simple to the point. Um, yeah, and that's that's about it. So um, what if project, just really quick, like if this is your first time here, just want to kind of give a little bit of a background. Um, what if project explores two questions? Uh, number one, you know, what if there are ways of understanding the Bible and the stories of the Bible that are different than the ways in which we typically do? Uh, so, you know, what if the, the culture and the background of the text means more to our understanding and to our um, interpretation and application of it than we ever thought possible? So, you know, what if it's not just enough to read a surface level um, reading of the Bible, but what if there's more to it? You know, what if it's like an onion? What if there's multiple layers of understanding um, these things? And then number two, uh, what if there are ways of bringing church to people instead of always trying to drag or bring people to church. So one of the ways that we're doing that right now is through an online small group um, that started in September. We'll run through November, and we're studying the uh, book of Mark together, the gospel of Mark. And we meet every Sunday night uh, via Zoom video chat, and we talk for about an hour, um, pray for each other, share communion together. Um, It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, There will be another opportunity to sign up. In January, there will be a new study that will probably run uh, maybe just the month of January, and then possibly a separate one that will begin um, for Lent, uh, the 40 days leading up to Easter. So um, good stuff there. Very, very good stuff. Uh, but for now, this is episode number five, all of those voices. So we're setting the book of Mark, um, like I said, in the small group, also here in the blog, the vlog, the podcast. It's all about the gospel of Mark. That serves a few purposes. Number one, Mark is my favorite gospel. Um, I think that when you understand some of the things going on in the background of the gospel, it brings some of the stories really to light. So um, I love the book of Mark. And I'm also um, in school right now, in my very last class for my doctoral program, um, I'm writing a 20 to 30 page um, theology paper on the book of Mark. And so um, all of the reading and all of the research I do for my blog posts and for the podcast and um, for the vlogs and different things like that, um, all of that kind of meshes right into the paper. So it's kind of killing a whole bunch of birds with one stone um, just to make it a little bit easier on me. But uh, I'm just learning a lot in terms of, um, you know, just dialoguing with people about Mark, um, the studying I've done and the things I've written. So it's all good, good, good stuff. And right now we're in Mark chapter three uh, for today's episode. And by the time we hit Mark three, uh, Jesus had like already shown significant signs of possessing some kind of divine power. You know, people people are being healed, uh, demons are being cast away. People are like, man, this guy teaches with authority, right? He's not like the other religious leaders. He actually has authority in his teaching. Like people are absolutely blown away. And in the midst of all of this, in Mark chapter three, verse twenty. We find Jesus being accused by the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, so like the the pastors, the bishops of his day, right? 
they accused him of casting out demons by the power of Satan. So in other words, because Jesus was doing things that the church didn't like um, and doing things that the church considered to be maybe uh, a little bit unorthodox, doing things that the church itself was really unable to do up to that point, well, they got on his case. And they told everyone, well, this guy's tapping into the dark powers. You know, he's leading people astray. He's partnering with the devil. In other words, Jesus is a heretic, is what people were saying. And I imagine Jesus kind of chuckling, <laughs> you know, before turning to them to tell them how ridiculous their accusation sounded, because why in the world would Satan cast out Satan, right? Uh, he, he says verbatim, how can Satan cast out Satan? right? Like it, that just makes sense. If Satan is casting out Satan, then Satan is trying to take down his own kingdom. And any kingdom says Jesus that is divided against itself cannot stand. I mean, that's, that's common sense really. And then Jesus says something very interesting. He says, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Now, normally when we read that verse, or we hear this story in church, we assume that the strong man is Satan, right? And the stronger man who ties up the strong man is Jesus. So it's Satan's house in the world. Jesus storms into the house, comes into the world, ties up the strong man, and now he's able to cast out um, demons. He's able to cast out evil and darkness. That's, that's a logical explanation. But what if, right, in the spirit of the what if project, what if it means something else? Like, what if there's another way to understand it, another uh, like layer of meaning? What if we turned the, the diamond of the story a little bit more so that the, the light hits it a little bit differently, revealing a little bit of a deeper truth? Uh, in his commentary on Mark called Binding the Strongman, one that I kind of read in preparation for um, this, this uh, season of the What If Project, um, author Ched Meyer says that the Greek term that Mark used for goods refers to utensils of various materials. Interesting. Um, Kind of. The only other time this word appears, now this is what's really interesting, the only other time that this word appears in all of Mark is later in Mark chapter 11, verse 16, when Jesus cleansed the temple, drove out all of the money changers and their goods. Now, this, says Myers, is not an accident, right? Mark using um, these this word in these two places, not an accident. Mark knew that he used that specific word in those two places and only those two places. And so what if, Myers asks, the word goods is actually the key to understanding Jesus's words about the strong man? Like what if instead of Jesus saying that he's tied up Satan so that he can plunder his evil ways and cast out his demonic workers, what if Jesus is instead saying something even a little bit more shocking? Like, what if he's saying that he has come to tie up the voices of the temple leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the pastors, the teachers of his day, so that he can cast their goods, their evil words of exclusivity, condemnation, etc., out of the temple? Okay, now follow me here. The, the goods that he cleansed the temple of in chapter 11 were goods that people had to buy, in order to make sacrifices to God that would appease his supposed anger, earn his forgiveness, get on his good side. And that ticked Jesus off because religious leaders were, in a sense, making a decent amount of money by playing on people's exaggerated fear of an angry God who would get them in trouble 
if they didn't offer the right sacrifice. So Jesus marches in, says enough of this, right? Actually makes a whip, flips over tables, and threw all of those people and all of their goods out of the temple. And so again, what if the strong man that Jesus is tying up is this idea being spewed by the temple and the temple leaders that people need to earn God's love, that they needed to earn God's forgiveness, that they need to do the right things, say the right things, believe the right things, make the right sacrifices in order to be loved and accepted and welcomed and included as part of the in-group. And what if Jesus did that way back then so that you and I would have a model to follow in doing the same thing in 2018? You see, what I wanted to tell you today is that Jesus has bound the strong man. The voices in your life and in your head and in your heart, in your family, in your church, your circle of friends on your Facebook page, the ones that scream and shout that you're not good enough, and that because of what you did last night or last year or when you were younger, that you're not accepted or loved or welcomed by God as much as you could be, right? Those are all lies. And Jesus has bound those things up so that you and I can plunder them and not be held prisoner by their words anymore. Yes, Jesus has bound the strong man. He has bound the voices. He has bound the lies. And now you and I are free to plunder his evil goods and throw them out of our lives, out of our hearts, out of our minds, just to see through them out of the temple some 2,000 years ago. And another thing I wanted to tell you is that you are free to not only do this for yourself, but you are called to do the same thing for others. Guys, there is an entire world of people out there who just don't feel at all welcomed by the church. Whether it's the LGBTQ community, the woman down the street who's been divorced four times, the guy who committed adultery, the kid who's addicted to drugs, the husband that comes home from the bar every night at 2 a.m. There's an entire world of people who, for one reason or another, have caved to the voices of the strong man. Right? The voices that tell them that they're not good enough, they're not accepted, they're not included, they aren't part of the we that is loved and accepted by God, but they're part of the them that God is upset with, mad at, fed up with, whatever. And you and I have been given the authority of Jesus himself to march into the temple of their minds, throw out those evil goods, tell them that they are loved and accepted and included, and invite them to come into the presence of their ever-loving creator just as they are with no strings attached. Yeah, guys, there's a world of thirsty people out there whose hearts and minds are, are parched from the desert heat of, of condemnation. And you and I have the living water of the Savior Jesus who can make sure that they are filled up with love and acceptance and grace so that they never thirst again. There is somebody in your life today, you are listening to this right now, Because there is somebody in your life today who is thirsty, who does not feel welcomed um, into the presence of God, but you can change that today. Um, You can be God to them. I once heard this phrase that said, um, you might be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. Throw that out, okay? You might be the only Jesus that somebody ever experiences, Uh, Because Jesus is living in you. He's living with you. um, And you have the opportunity to go and be Jesus to somebody else today who's thirsty, who feels condemned, who feels pushed to the outside, the outskirts of the church life. Uh, Go find that person today and do something for them. Say something to them 
that will crack open the door and draw them in just a little bit. I hope that encourages you, uh, challenges you. This is episode number five. Grace, peace, and love to you, my friends. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by the What If Project podcast today. It was great to have you here. And I really just appreciate your your support. And hey, if this encouraged you at all, if it challenged you, if it pushed you, uh, challenged you in your perspective and how you understand the Bible, I would just ask that you head over to your podcast uh, listening platform of choice, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you're listening to this now, and uh, leave some feedback, leave a rating. Um, Those ratings definitely help because it helps uh, bump the podcast up a little bit in iTunes, um, and it gives people also a little bit of a kind of a look as to what to expect when they read what other people are saying about it. So if you could do that for me, that would be fantastic. Also head over to the Facebook page and um, you can go to Facebook, type in What If Project, the page will pop up. Give it a like, feel free to join in whatever kind of discussion may be going on there. And also keep an eye out uh, for the upcoming online small group. Right now we're in the middle of one for Mark. Uh, There will be coming another one later on, probably very early in the new year. So if you'd like to sign up for that, um, all of the things will be up, pointing you in the right direction, and it would be great to see you there. So again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.